What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. John, hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It is finally Friday. Yes, it's Friday. We can all take a sigh of relief. We can, uh, it is here. That's all I know to say. Thank goodness. Um, it's Friday, May the 26th in the year of the Lord, 2023. This is episode 868 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, will be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. Let me tell you something. We've got another great show for you. Joining me in about 20 minutes or so on our Spence Automotive guest line is our regular Friday visitor. He's the knower of all things NASCAR, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, Washington Nationals, Baltimore Ravens, uh, professional bull riding. You name it, this man knows it. It's Paul Whittington. Uh, We did the show live from his uh, awesome man cave on Monday when we were on our way back from North Wilkesboro for the uh, NASCAR all-star race. We'll reminisce a little about that weekend. We've had a, a few days now to, uh, to, to think about it. And like I said, uh, reflect on it. We'll talk about that. We're going to look forward to the Coca-Cola 600 weekend this weekend here or not here, but in, uh, Charlotte, I lived in Charlotte for a while, so you can forgive me for saying here. Uh, but, uh, man, a big weekend in Charlotte with the Coca-Cola 600, uh, some, uh, good storylines in the NASCAR world. We'll talk about that. <sighs> we'll put a, a bow on the uh, Carolina hurricane season, which unfortunately, as you know, came to an end uh, this past week. And uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll talk about a lot more, but we have got a ton of stuff to talk to uh, our good friend Paul Whittington about. Uh, man, spent the entire last weekend with him, what, thir- Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, even spent some uh, Monday morning. I'm surprised the man's not tired of me after uh, spending that much time, but, uh, man, a good time. We had a really, really good time in uh, North Wilkesboro. And like I said, we talked about uh, some of it on Monday, but we'll, I'm sure we're going to rehash some of those points. But, again, Paul Whittington in our first hour. And then joining us in our second hour, uh, another good friend of ours, uh, Michael Martin. Uh, just uh, the, the car guy with the bow tie is uh, one way to describe him, but he's just one of the good guys and uh, a lot to talk to him about. I can imagine we're going to be talking about the Down East Wood Duck sale and move and a bunch of other stuff when he joins us right here live in our plush well-lit studio on Whitehall Drive. Uh, so uh, looking forward to hanging out with him. It's been a minute since he's been on here. I, I try to do better with that because he's so good. And he's just so entertaining, and heck, I need to make him a regular. But uh, he uh, looking forward to having him in here as we will end our week with him. So, Paul Whittington here in our first hour. Michael Martin 
in our second hour, and uh, then we'll do the birthday game with John and Jonathan, and we will call it a week. How about that? Hey, uh, I know uh, I didn't get to go see Junius yesterday. I had to do some work around town here, but uh, Linda and I will be going up to uh, see him, and uh, hopefully he's doing a lot better. I talked to his mom a couple of times yesterday. We talked, we messaged, and uh, he is uh, he's improving. He's improving. Uh, no results yet back on the uh, the tests of <clears throat> the mass that was removed from his brain. Uh, but it's, I promise as soon as we get those, and especially with it uh, being over the weekend now, uh, just follow me on uh, Facebook or on Twitter. Send me a friend request. I have accepted, and I know it's because of uh, Junius. I bet I've received uh, a solid 50, 60 friend requests on Facebook because everybody wants to know how he's doing. Uh, but I will be updating that. I'll be updating that. Like I said, we're going up, uh, later on this morning, actually. So, uh, so like I said, just a heads up there. Uh, he, uh, not a great day yesterday. We'll, we'll, we'll put it like that, uh, as he's, uh, struggling back again, he had brain surgery. So uh, there are going to be some tough days. And yesterday was one of those kind of tough days. So keep praying for him. Keep him in your thoughts. I know his family appreciates it. I know he does too. And uh, hopefully when we're back here on Monday and we're talking to you, uh, he's uh, he, he's on his way out of the woods. That's what I'm hoping anyway. But like I said, when we get more details, I'm updating everything on my Facebook uh, page. Uh, so go there and uh, you'll be able to see. Well, hopefully we'll have something up by, I, I would say, no later than like 2 o'clock today. So uh, keep praying for our good friend, Junius. Saw some uh, sad news on Facebook as I was doing show prep this morning, too. And uh, another good friend of ours who uh, used to work for the Kenston Daily Free Press, a lot of y'all remember him, especially sports fans, because he shot a lot of sports. But Zach Fraley uh, is, it looks like, uh, uh, you know, he had fought uh, cancer himself a few years ago. Uh, Junius and I and another friend, Noah Clark, had gone up to uh, Pittsburgh. That's where he lives now, just right outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, after he had had his final chemo, we went and uh, took him to a uh, Pittsburgh Pirates game. We had a whole weekend up there. We we surprised him. <clears throat> and uh, I, I saw this morning uh, that uh, he, he is fighting right now, too. It uh, looks like uh, maybe he is. And I'm not, you know what, I don't want to make a, uh, hold on. Let me just pull it up here. Uh what his wife put up on Facebook uh, said, uh, long story short, Zach has a tumor on his pituitary gland and it's likely causing him double vision. Uh, she said they knew about the tumor. The double vision was new. Uh, he was being, uh, he has been admitted to the hospital for more tests and observation. And uh, again, if you know, Zach, Zach is just an amazing, amazing person, uh, much in the same mode as uh, Junius. In fact, they were best friends when uh, when Zach was here. They hung out all the time. And just seeing uh, this man has already gone through this one time, and here he goes again. So uh, while you're throwing prayers up there for uh, our good friend Junior Smith III, please also include him for uh, Zach Fraley uh, because he's just a great guy, father of two small children, and a beautiful wife. Like I said, had just uh, an amazing uh, tenure when he was here in Eastern North Carolina. What I love about Zach, and there's 10,000 things I love about Zach, but he is he embraced his time when he was here. He was a, a Kinston Indians fan, and what's awesome about him is uh, he's big in collecting hats, and he has just been all over eBay, all over social media, trying to find every unique uh, Kinston Indians hat he can, and then 
when he gets them, he'll send me a picture of it, whether it's on Snapchat or he'll text it to me. That's just amazing for a man that spent, you know, I don't even remember exactly, but it had to have been five or six years, maybe even longer than that, uh, working for the, working for us at the Free Press, that uh, he just fell in love with this place. Uh, now, but Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania is his home. That's where he and his wife are both from, and uh, just an opportunity presented itself up there that he just couldn't say no to. And as you know, with the demise of newspapers anyway, it was a, turned out to be a very good decision. But uh, listen, love you, Zach. Uh, in fact, I talked to him. I didn't even know all this was going on with him. Talked to him a couple of days ago. Uh, well, I guess late last week when uh, we posted the first thing about Junius. Because like I said, Junius and Zach are such great friends. I wanted uh, Zach to know everything that was going on before uh, I posted that news. And I had no idea that he was going through this too. So, uh, man, just uh, tough times there. Uh, again, like I said, I know uh, tons and tons and tons of uh, prayer warriors that are doing this for Junius. Please uh, send a couple up for our good friend Zach Fraley too as he's going through a really tough time. Uh, no no real updates on the Down East Wood Ducks uh, on the sale and the move other than the Texas Rangers finally did uh, acknowledge uh, acknowledge a sale to uh, let me find get to pulled up here to uh, Channel Four. I guess it's uh, WYFF Channel Four in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Stephanie Moore reported it uh, that there was they received a statement from the uh, Texas Rangers where the Rangers finally acknowledged that uh that that is happening so uh we hadn't seen that yet we'd seen you know the spartanburg make the make the call i'm sorry the post and courier out of spartanburg they had uh made the announcement and they said it had come from a statement but they never quite quoted uh who it was well it is uh it has been uh announced and here i'll just go ahead by neil liebman the texas rangers president of business operations and the chief operating officer for the rangers and his quote is, the Texas Rangers look forward to working with DBH and the Johnson Group as they move forward on the stadium project in Spartanburg. We're excited about having our minor league affiliate in a tremendous new facility in the next couple of years. At the same time, we want to thank the city of Kinston for their tremendous support and assistance of the Wood Ducks franchise since 2017. It has been a great partner during this run, and we, we will be working with DBH to explore options to keep baseball being played at Granger Stadium in the future again that was from uh neil liebman he's a chief operating officer and the president of business operations for the texas rangers and i guess that's really the uh the only uh i wouldn't call it breaking news because this stuff's been dribbling out over the last few days but uh it is acknowledged i mean uh it's all over but the crying now they're saying it could be as early as 2025 which is what we reported here on the show uh, earlier this week too uh, but it does look like uh, we will have the Wood Ducks here, like I said, through the end of this season and then next year. And let me tell you something. There's one thing, and I have talked to a lot of people over the last couple of days. I've seen a lot on the Internet, seen a lot on Facebook and social media and all that. I can tell you this. Uh, there will be a baseball team playing at Granger Stadium in 2025. It's not going to be the Down East Wood Ducks probably. Uh, well, well, not even probably. Uh, it, it will very, very likely not be the Down East Wood Ducks. It will be a uh, uh, probably a Coastal Plain League team. It might be this uh, Wood 
bat team uh, that is playing right now over at Lenore Community College. It could be an independent league team, and that's an, uh, one thing that maybe hasn't been put out there as much, but you, you've got to figure. You know, we, we've struggled, and it is what it is. I've talked about it here on the show several times that uh, it, it is what it is. We've shown we can't support a minor league baseball team, an affiliated minor league baseball team, and hit the kind of numbers that they need us to hit. That is what it is. Listen, we're Kinston. We are small. We're the smallest market and have been for 30 years, the smallest market in, uh, in affiliated minor league baseball. But there's, what's to say we couldn't get in an independent league? I know Gastonia is the one. I think they're the, uh, the honey something. And I, I'm a, hey, Shane, if you're listening, help me out here. Uh, what is, or uh, even Spence, uh, text me what the name of that team is in Gastonia. It's the Honeydoers, the Honeycombers. <laughs> honeycombers that's a that's a cereal anyway uh but who's to say we couldn't support a team like that i know we could they don't require the you know the the 1800 to 2000 people that you know a minor league affiliate would we if we do if we continue doing what we're doing listen they're doing a great job over there as i have said all week and i to anyone who will listen to me john clemens and janelle fitch and all the folks over at the down at the Downey Swood Ducks over at uh, Granger Stadium have done a great job keeping fans in the seats. That is going to continue. It is. I mean, don't doubt that. I mean, whether whatever team that we get in here, uh, whoever is in charge of that team, they're going to do a fine job keeping fans in seats. But I can tell you this: if we if it's a CPL team, they are. Thank you, Keith Spence, the Honey Hunters, uh, the Gastonia Honey Hunters. Hey, Spence, that sounds like the way we were when we were teenagers or in our 20s. We were honey hunters. <laughs> okay, that was it was funny in my head, maybe not so funny when it came out. But anyway, um, but they, I know in Gastonia, they, I think they may average 1,000 to 1,200 fans there, and they are giddy with it uh, in that independent league. We will continue to do that, whether we're playing a short season, uh, independent league season, or a CPL, or Old North State. <laughs> Spence, you're right, buddy. Uh, so uh, I, I'm not going to read out what he put there, but he's right. He's right. Uh, but I really do. We, we're going to support a team here. Uh, we'll, you know what? Baseball. The, who was it I was talking to yesterday? I don't know if it was here on the air or, uh, again, I've had a thousand conversations with folks, not a thousand. I've had dozens of conversations over the last week about all this. The average fan, and back me up on this, Keith Spence, the average fan that goes to a Down East Wood Ducks game or even a Kinston Indians game before that, they cannot tell you the names of three players who are on that team. They can't tell you the name of uh, – of the manager of the team or the coach of the team or, you know, any of the coaches, but you know what they can tell you. They can tell you that every Thursday night out at historic Granger stadium is thirsty Thursday. They can tell you that, uh, on Sunday, you can take your dog to the game with you for only a dollar and it's dogs and dogs day at the ballpark. They can tell you that the mascot's name is dude. Although I can tell you, uh, having sat in the crowd now uh, this season after, you know, not working for the team for the first time since it came here, there's a lot of kids that think uh, the mascot's name is Woody. That has been kind of funny to me is listening to little kids uh, yell for, come here, Woody. And I, I, I politely want to say, uh, hey, the, the mascot's name is dude. But you know what? I hold back and I don't say anything. But, uh, but you know what? My point being, people come to Historic Granger Stadium 
not not even for wins and losses. And that's the truth. They they don't care if the team wins or loses. They go out there for a good time. They go out there because on Friday nights, a lot of Friday nights, they know there's going to be a fireworks show. They know the hot dogs are going to be delicious. They know that uh, they're going to have their favorite beverage out there, whether it's uh, an ice-cold Pepsi or if it's an ice-cold uh, uh, brew of their choice. That's what a majority, and I would put it, help me here, guys, uh, there's got to be 90%, 95% of the fans, that's what they go out there for. Now, you do have diehards like myself and Keith Spence and other folks who go out there who, you know, who are concerned with the wins and losses, who want our uh, our local team to win and uh, have more wins and losses. And like in my case, I want us to beat the hated Carolina Mudcats every single time that we can because I just I hate the Carolina Mudcats. It's a stupid logo. It's a stupid stadium. I just I can't stand them. So that's what I'm here for. But you know what? 90% of the fans, they're not going to know the difference between a low single-A team of the Texas Rangers or a team in the Coastal Plain League or the Old North State League. Uh, It's crazy. Hold on. I'm I'm answering if that's good with you. Uh, It is what it is. I mean, they are... uh, Fans want to go there for the experience. They don't really care. I mean, they want to see good baseball. Don't get it twisted. They want to see a baseball game on the field. But how many people, if there's another thing that I've noticed sitting out amongst the fans as I have this year for the first time ever, really, since I came to Kenston, because pretty much I've either been a reporter going to games when the the Indians were here or I was uh, uh, Nathan Perry's backup calling games except for that last year. Or uh, I was official scorer for a little bit. I mean, I've never really sat in the crowd that much, as much as I have this year. People don't care about the the. They want the team to win, but they don't care what the product is out there on the field. We are going to have baseball here in Kinston, folks. It's going to be good baseball. It's going to be entertaining. You're going to be able to go sit in that beautiful old stadium in your seats and eat a hot dog and drink a beverage and hang out and talk to your friends. Another thing I've noticed being a fan is it's almost like a family reunion every game at Historic Granger Stadium. Uh, and <laughs> Craig Clemens, yes, we do care if we win. I, see, but Mr. Clemens, you are one of those rare people. Uh, you, you can name, like I said earlier, you can name three, four, five. Heck, you can probably name the whole starting lineup. But the average fan who goes out to a Down East Wood Ducks game can't even name three players that are playing for the team right now. Heck, I would have a problem doing that right now, and I consider myself a pretty a pretty good fan. I know Cam Cawley is on the team. I know uh, – uh, see, I'm struggling right there. I know Cam Cawley, number four. It's, it's, it's crazy. Listen, we're going to have good baseball out at Historic Granger Stadium, and it's going to be fun. And all this hand-wringing and all that, yes, it's sad. I hate – that this is happening. Don't get it twisted. But for people who are saying, oh, I'm not going out to another Wood Ducks game, that is ridiculous. Get out there, support these uh, f- uh, support these players, support this front office staff of John Clemens and Shiver Person and Janelle Fitch and these folks that have worked their butts off to uh, to get to keep a team here. We're going to have fun. It's going to be, well, I-, I promise you, 
we're going to have good baseball here in Kinston. Okay, I'll tell you what, before we get into updates from last night, let's uh, thank a couple of our sponsors here as, uh, as as we really dive into this show. i got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woodman Life for more than 10 years, and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woodman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. Arendelle Parrot Academy is the largest independent, non-sectarian college prep school in the region. Located on a beautiful 80-acre campus in Kinston, Parrot draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton. Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arendelle Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kempston. Thank you, Jonathan. And listen, for more than 65 years, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable accessible and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today and again thank you I, I say it every morning i've said it what 868 times i love saying it thank you to richie honeycutt the great richie honeycutt thank you to dr rusty hunt all the folks over at lenore community college for being the title sponsor of the brian hank show we are so proud that uh lcc is our title sponsor but you know what we're so proud of all our uh, uh day one sponsors too have been with us since the day we started this show back on December the 2nd in the year of our Lord 2019, LCC, UNC Lenore Healthcare, GoEco Office Automation, Spence Automotive, my boy, Keith Spence, who's uh, helping me co-host the show even though he doesn't realize it, uh, to Woodman Life and Arendelle Parent Academy, uh, all those day ones, and then all our other sponsors too that uh, continue to be a part of this show. Uh, I mean, King's Restaurant, love us some uh, Joe Hargan and King's Restaurant, Kinston Police Department, um, the Down East Wood Ducks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And everybody else that I haven't mentioned, thank you for being a part of the show. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of all this. Okay, uh, we're going to get uh, Paul Whittington up here on the line with us here in a moment. But before we do that, let's get you caught up on uh, last night's uh, action. The Down East Wood Ducks continued their six-game road trip in Zebulon at the hated Carolina Mudcats. Unfortunately, came up with a 5 to nothing loss as the dudes only managed two hits in the loss. The Woodies are now 23-17. and 17. They're a half game ahead of the hated Carolina Mudcats, who are 23-18. and 18 in the Carolina League North Division. Game four of that series will be tonight at 7 in Zebulon. Uh, again, the worst stadium in uh, in minor league baseball. Uh, we'll 
go to my grave claiming that. Oh, I've got to tell you this. Uh, while we were playing commercials there, uh, Linda, uh, executive producer Linda Whittington said uh, she likes that player in the green jersey. Okay, what's that player's name, Linda? <laughs> I just thought that was funny because we I was saying how – you know, 90% of the folks out there can't name three players that are on the team. Uh, she couldn't either, but she said she likes that player in the green jersey. That that was pretty cool. That made me chuckle. Uh, how about ECU? Uh, they did not play yesterday. A lot of rain down in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, so uh, they will resume. The top-seeded Pirates will play at 1 o'clock today against fourth-seeded UCF. Uh, ECU is 42-16. and 16. And again, they will be taking on uh, UCF. And listen, you can uh, check out the game by listening to uh, our good friend Scott Scooter Rogers on 94.3 The Game or at ecupirates.com. Uh, so uh, tune in. And, and I know you are because I, uh, in their past games, I got a lot of my friends who are tweeting and uh, making Facebook messages about it. So uh, let's pull for the Pirates. And I think I really do. I've got the feeling they're going to pull their way through this uh, this tournament. Uh, I tell you what, why don't we get uh, Paul Whittington up here on the line with us? Well, you know what? I do want to tell you the NBA playoffs. I watched a lot of that game last night and uh, went to bed with a smile on my face last night as the Celtics, who were down three games to none, <coughs> they uh, forced a game five the other night in, uh, in Miami. Then they win last night, 110 to 97. They are now down only three games to two. <laughs> They're going to come back and win this thing. I, I mean, and I'm not going to try to act like I was, you know, uh, that I that I didn't doubt it. But tell you what, three games to two now. They've got a good chance to uh, to uh, to win when they go back to Miami Saturday night. In fact, game six of that game is Saturday night in uh, in Miami. And I saw uh, Jalen Brown had a quote uh, last night after the game that I thought was just just awesome. He said, uh, don't let us win game six because you know what's going to happen. If we win game six, we're winning this whole doggone thing. And uh, I, that, that's how we bring our, uh, our good friend, Paul Whittington, up on the uh, Spence Automotive guest line with us right now. Uh, good morning, my friend. How are you doing, dude? Doing well, and yourself? I am just fan. I am I am giddy like a schoolgirl. My Celtics won last night. I had a great weekend with a good friend in North Wilkesboro this past weekend. I get That's to great. go see Junius this weekend, and I, I guess we're going to be uh, spending the night up at uh, Whittington Estates in uh, the greater Garner area. That's what I've been warned of. <laughs> warned of. <laughs> uh, I like listen. I I, I got to get, and I don't know if you and I have ever done NBA talk before, but I got to get at least uh, thirty to forty-five seconds out of you. Are you at all impressed with what the Celtics have done in these last two games? I mean, on that on that precipice, on that ledge of getting swept, they come up with a big win. Uh, what Tuesday night? Then uh, just a blowout win last night in Boston, and a chance to tie it up three games to three Saturday in Miami. Do you have any thoughts on it whatsoever? You know what a Celtics fan I am, though, dude. So, come on, say something yeah. nice, okay? You asked me on Monday, and we talked for about 30 seconds because you said, could you – what happened, Paul? Like, could you have imagined the series going three games with the Celtics being down three games to nothing? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, basketball, yeah, that happened. 
Um, I mean, it's cool that they've come back. Uh, they, they've rallied back and, and made this a series. I certainly wish our Hurricanes could have done that. But, um, man, playoffs are, are such a fickle thing sometimes. They're, they're always fun. Uh, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Playoffs are always the best. There you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. You gave you didn't even just give me thirty seconds. You gave me a solid ninety seconds there on the Celtics. I appreciate <laughs> that, dude. But again, I mean, I, I believe, and I'm not just saying that. Sorry, you know, bandwagon wise, I'm not saying I wasn't depressed when it was three games to none, which I definitely, yeah. definitely was. But I, I, it's almost, and we're going to segue here perf- uh, into the uh, Hurricanes and wrapping that here in a moment. But I mean, I in my heart. I know this Boston Celtics team is better than this Miami Heat team, and that's the reason why I didn't give up hope. I mean, I just thought if they could just get that one win and get they're a streaky team, they're still a very young team. Let me tell you, this Celtics team is one of the seventh, I think the seventh youngest team in the NBA. So, I mean, for a team that's made it to the Eastern Conference Finals five times in the last seven years, they're still one of the seven youngest teams in the entire league. So, I mean, it just I just knew they needed something good and they could come back and I cannot wait for – if we're at uh, that awesome man cave, which I have declared the best <laughs> man cave in all of America, could we have one of the TVs on uh, on the Celtics game tomorrow night? We, we might even put it on the big TV. Oh, let my you hear God. The audio, let you hear the audio and everything. <laughs> um, you know, it, I think any other sport, baseball, football, um, hockey. I'm sitting here going, come on, Miami, send Boston to the house. But in basketball, that's football for me. Um, It's Miami that I don't like. And so, uh, come on, Boston, get back in this thing. Send Miami back in. I love it. Send Miami back to the beach. I, I love it, and that's where they need to be. Uh, executive producer Linda Whittington uh, sends in a note here. She said, all I noticed with the Celtics with the guy was the guy with the green hair. <laughs> yeah, well, talking about Marcus Smart. Yeah, I would. I, if I was watching the Celtics game, I probably would notice that first and wouldn't be able to stop <laughs> talking about it. Hey, Sam wanted me to message y'all this morning, and I figure she's been after me all week, all week, Brian. Okay, to message you about the uh, the Nat tickets, and I finally remembered to do so last night. Um, so she was telling me I needed a message all this morning. So I'm going to take this opportunity <laughs> to not forget and just ask you, do we have dinner plans for this evening? Do we have dinner plans? I'm sorry. I coughed over you. Do we have dinner plans do, for what? Do we have dinner plans for this evening? For this evening? I don't believe we do, but I know one damn place I want to go to. <laughs> so, I, so that's the question. Are we going or is she, is she doing something else? Because she had some like, adventure planned with some teacher friends and pizza was involved but oh, if we're dude, going to let, dinner no let that, her go with her let her go with her te- with her teacher friends and you and i and uh, your hot mom we can go over to uh, that restaurant just down the road from you that i love so much that i only get to go to a couple of times a year works for me there you go so we've even right here on the air we've even established <laughs> <laughs> dinner Problem plans. Solvers this morning. That's what we're doing. Uh, and we, we'll talk more about the, uh, our good friend. I, we could give him love because we both appear on his show, but, uh, our good friend, Mark Panicelli, they are a Washington nationals affiliate. And would you, and he gives away tickets on his show too. uh, national tickets. He has hooked us up for uh, July 4th and July 5th, dude. Yeah, we, we gotta work this out. We'll have to talk about that tonight. Cause, uh, we're, we're not going to talk about that on the radio. Um, but I, I can't say it. I can't say it. Sam's got to be home on the fifth. Oh no! 
Well, yeah. I had told okay. him third and fourth, but something happened. I don't know if he was able to get third or not, but he did get his fourth and fifth, yeah. though. I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, she could go back. I mean, she'll only be, what, like yeah. – uh, seven months pregnant at that time i mean she can <laughs> and we haven't even told people this is what's going to be cool it's going to be the uh the super adventure that uh we're taking a train up there we're not driving up there mm-hmm. we're not renting a car we're not flying to dc we are taking a train paul whittington that's right and then sam's gonna have to take an uber home <laughs> man can you imagine that oh deal? my Ooh. god how much would it be to uber from washington dc to garner north carolina I mean, it would be ten thousand dollars. I bet, dude. Oh, it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be cheap, no doubt. I remember being in um, San Francisco, and <laughs> we had we had a uh, an Uber or Lyft driver. I, I don't know which it was, but um, they they had some. There was somebody he was talking to us about that needed to go. I, I want to say he said like L.A. Oh my God! And, 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 and for folks who don't know, that's track. a haul. That's a haul. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially Raleigh to DC, if not a little bit longer. Wow! How much? What is? How and much was it? I, I know it was. I know it had the word thousand in it. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to say he charged that the guy paid him like twenty five hundred dollars cash, and he drove it. Um, wow, man, that's that's a that's a trek, dude. I would take twenty five hundred dollars to drive somebody from uh, from Garner to DC. Or back, yeah, or I back. I would, I would, I wouldn't think twice about it. Be like, yeah, get in the truck, we're going. <laughs> Let's go. Can I buy Wasting you? Time. Can I buy you a bottle of water? <laughs> <laughs> Wasting time. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Let's not, go. Let's not, go. not you, not you, not not you. That's what I'd be telling them. No, 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 no. Uh, I did the, the, the Uber okay, rider. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love it. Paul Whittington on the line now as we're just talking nonsense. Hey, let's get into it. We were talking about the Celtics that have rallied back from this 3 to nothing deficit to make it 3-2, to two, and they have game six tomorrow night in Miami to tie it up. <sighs> I had so many questions I have about the Hurricanes, and I'm just heartbroken. I know you are, too. You're a faithful season ticket holder, but – I never felt, even until the final game, even losing this series four to nothing, tying it up with what a minute and a half or two minutes left, and then giving up the the winning goal with four and a half seconds or whatever it was. Paul, and you know this intimately, infinitely, much more than I do. I never felt the Florida Panthers were a team that was just that was markedly better than the Carolina Hurricanes that were a, a four games to nothing sweep better than the Carolina Hurricanes. It just, I've never seen as unlucky a series as mm-hmm. when we look back at this and like I said, the annals of his annals, the annals of history, <laughs> the annals of history are going to have uh, that the Carolina Hurricanes in 2023 were swept by the Florida Panthers. And if you don't know any better, you'd be like, wow, the Panthers must have been a lot better than the Hurricanes. Come on, man, ease my conscience here, Paul. That team, that team down in uh, Sunrise, Florida, is—I don't even think it's better than the than the Hurricanes, dude. No, I, I I said at the beginning of the series that this was going to be a tough out for for the Hurricanes. It was going to be a tough out for the Panthers too, and I, and I still think it was, even though they swept the Canes. It was still a tough out. Um, and, and I said that it doesn't, when you look at all, all the matchups possible at that point in the playoffs, so, so now you've played, uh, the Islanders in round one, you played the Devils in round two, and you got the Panthers in round three. 
And then you were going to get either Vegas or Dallas in a potential Stanley Cup final. The Florida Panthers were the toughest matchup of the playoffs to include whatever you were going to get out of the Western Conference for, for a Stanley Cup final. I, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I, I think if Florida goes to play Vegas, I think Vegas wins that series. Um, we'll, we'll see. Dallas uh, got back in the series last night. That series now three to one in favor of the Golden Knights. Um, but I, no, I, I don't think that the Florida Panthers are as good as what the series kind of kind of led on to, for people to believe. I, I think I do believe that every game the Canes played in the playoffs, uh, with as banged up as they were, they were a little bit on borrowed time. You know, we spent a good amount of the playoffs without Tabo Teravainen. We spent all the playoffs without Andre Svechnikov. And, you know, you lost Jacob Slavin just about a minute and a half into the game, into game four the other night. He's your, he's your best defenseman. Um, and then you run into a Florida Panthers team that, you know, rallies back to, to knock out Boston. They, they took out the Toronto Maple Leafs, both really, really, really good teams out of the Atlantic division. And, and then they, match up against Carolina and their goalie just playing unbelievable. And then for the Hurricanes, the, the scoring magic just kind of ran out. I think the Devils took it all out of us uh, because you look at those games and those are five to six goals a night for, for the Hurricanes and their four wins in that series over the course of five games. So uh, in terms of this series, I think the first three games, the Canes were the better team. I thought Game Four was their worst game of the series, but through the first three games, I thought the Canes were the better team. The difference here came down to luck, and when it was all said and done, Brian, Florida just had the luck on their side, and the Canes didn't have any of it. Dude, I'm still heartbroken, man, because so many chances. I mean, that four overtime yeah. game that you slept through two and a half of the overtimes. <laughs> uh, the the second game, four one goal losses. I just can can you uh, commiserate with me that I mean, like I said, when you look back on this, I mean, thirty years from now they'll look back to twenty twenty three. You know, you know, you're going through a a sports almanac or whatever, and well, I don't even know if people look at sports almanacs anymore. No. But you know what I'm saying? They'll look at it and they'll say, "Oh man, the Florida Panthers swept the Carolina Hurricanes. That just that must have been a terrible Hurricanes team." And this was not a terrible Hurricanes team, Paul. No, no, one of the better ones that we've had for for sure. Um, it's it's tough. You know, the Canes haven't won a game in the conference finals since, what, 2006 when they went uh, on to win the Cup. Uh, uh, since then, you know, they've been swept by Boston back in 2019. Now they've been swept by, by Florida. Hopefully hopefully we're not talking about a curse here. But, yeah, it's tough um, because to be as good as they were, uh, they certainly didn't get the results that they deserved. Getting, getting swept was certainly not something that this team deserved. Certainly not something that this team earned. But it's... Just the cards they got dealt because Lady Luck wasn't on their side. Let's play the. I got an incoming oh. text. I got an incoming text from uh, Jason Bryant. He finally texted me instead of saying, <laughs> "Hey, ask Paul." He said, "Should the new strat should the new strategy in the NHL be resting players to prevent injury and limp into the playoffs?" Um, I to a degree that that is a little bit of the strategy. The problem where the Kings weren't able to do that is 
yeah, they clinched the playoffs with a couple of weeks to go in the season, but now you're fighting for the number one seed and you're still fighting to win the division. Um, and winning the division is incredibly important for, for your playoff ranking. Uh, it also determines home ice and all that kind of stuff. So they didn't clinch the division, I, I think, until game 81 of 82. So there wasn't really an opportunity to rest the players. Well, I think what he may be referring to is that the Florida Panthers, who the eighth seed, let's just remind people again, the eighth mm-hmm. seed going into the playoffs, they knock off the best regular season team in the history of the NHL in seven games. And the, yeah. the Boston Bruins, they, they cruise through the second round. I wouldn't say they cruise through the Eastern Conference Finals because even though, again, it was four to nothing, uh, four one-goal wins. I think maybe what he's referring to is, and, and you and I have talked about this, and it's absolutely positively true. All you got to do in the NHL is make the damn playoffs. That's all you have to do because anything yeah. can happen after that. And it's proven year after year after year. Remember Tampa? It happened to Tampa a few mm-hmm. years ago when they got when they had that amazing regular season. And they got swept out of the first round, even though they won the President's Cup that year. I guess, and I can't speak for Jason because, of course, Jason texted you. He didn't text me. I know. <laughs> whatever, JB. I got you, dude. But uh, but I think what he may be referring to there is that all you got to do in the NHL playoffs, which is opposed to the NBA, although it's been kind of challenged mm-hmm. this year with what the Miami Heat are doing, but get to your point, Brian, is that all you got to do is make the NA, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then after that, anything can happen. It does not matter if you're the eight yeah. all the way up to the one seed, does it, Paul? It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it, sometimes the all you need in the playoffs, um, I mean, you, you get a hot goaltender at the right time, you can ride that all the way to the top. And, and that's a little bit of what the, the Panthers are doing. I, I, I think for the most part, I mean, you know, they, they didn't score a lot of goals against the Hurricanes either. You know, the Hurricanes didn't put up a lot of goals against Bobrovsky, but, you know, their forward line didn't put up a lot of goals either. When, when you look at, at, at the tallies from, from the four games, from a scoring perspective, they weren't much better than Carolina. Uh, they just had a hot goaltender that, played unbelievably for four games in a row you know credit to Bobrovsky he was he was excellent in the series but um it, sometimes that's all it takes if you can make it to the playoffs and, and you can have a hot goaltender at the right time and you can just have the one goal needed to win a game then then you're going to be in good shape there you go and I will uh, share the uh, text that now Jason sent it to both of us this time okay yeah Right. He said, are you two girls fighting for my attention? <laughs> I text the question to Brian. Paul gets mad. I text the question to Brian. Paul gets, wait a minute. I think, he must be driving right now, but, but we get the gist of it. We get the gist of it. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Jason, you're right. And I, I sent him back. We love you, JB. We do love him. Don't we? We do. We do. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, that voice you're listening to, that's Paul Whittington. He's a regular Friday guest here. Uh, it, I guess this will be, maybe we'll talk a little NHL next week when you come on. I, I kind of doubt it. Cause I just, I've, I've lost all interest. It's like when, uh, when in the NBA, when the Celtics get knocked out or in, uh, yeah. You know, when, when the Nationals are in the – wait a minute, they've not been in the playoffs in a couple of years. But you know what I'm saying. Oh, another another tough game last night. The Nationals had the opportunity to take two or three from the Padres. 
a really good San Diego team. Uh, this was the, the rubber match of that series played last night, and it, it, things unraveled quickly. They, the Nationals went down like five to one. Uh, and then they rallied for, for five runs in the seventh. It's now six to five. And then Hunter Harvey comes on to close things out, gets two easy, quick outs, and then surrenders three runs, three two out runs in the, in the top of the ninth. And the Nats are unable to win. Well, Second time he's done that in like the last week. Well, I'm just, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm impressed with what the Nationals have done so far this year. But you know what? That, hey, let's save the Nationals. So we're going to have plenty of weeks to talk about them in the coming weeks with uh, uh, with the hockey season being over now. I did want to ask I you can't, just, I can't be – I'm sorry. I can't be sure, but I'm in the Lowe's parking lot, and I think this lady is taking a cat into Lowe's, and the cat <laughs> is on a leash. Oh, dude, you've got to sneak a picture of that, okay? You have to. I'm going to try. I don't know if it was a tiny dog. It looked like a cat from where I'm sitting, but it also could be a tiny dog. Wait a minute. She didn't have red hair and was wearing ridiculous pajamas uh, with pandas and tigers wearing sunglasses, was she? No. (laughs) A lot of the description is similar, but um, there's no red hair, but there is ridiculous pajamas. There you go. Well, I'm sitting across from uh, your mother right now, and that's exactly what she's got on. So uh, the most ridiculous. You've seen those pajamas before, right? Man, we a yes, b. We're now on the radio talking about what my mom is wearing. <laughs> Can uh, we no. move on? We should move on. Real quick, last question. Uh, the I you said it before. The winner of the Eastern Conference Finals and your thought and your feelings. We're going to pretty much sweep through the uh, Stanley Cup final. Do you still feel the same way? I think the East is stronger than the West. Um, I, I do think that probably Vegas, if if they punch their ticket, unless Sam Bobrovsky plays exactly like he's been playing, if he lets up at all, I think it's Vegas. Um, if he, if Sam Bobrovsky continues to play the way that he's been playing, I keep saying Sam, his name's Sergey. If Sergey Bobrovsky keeps playing the way that he's playing, uh, I, I think it's Florida, but I, I think it all comes down to him. I think it all comes down to, to the man between the pipes for the, for the Florida Panthers. Well, there you go. Okay. Enough NHL talk with my broken heart over here on Whitehall drive. <laughs> Let's pivot to NASCAR, which I got to tell you, man, I'm still buzzing off of, uh, off of uh, that incredible uh, weekend that we had in North Wilkesboro. And was it the racing itself that was great? No. In fact, the racing uh, wasn't that great as uh, <clears throat> Kyle Larson do- dominated the weekend and good for him. And you know what? Let's start with him. I'm not a fan at all. In fact, uh, yeah. probably my least favorite driver on the circuit is uh, Kyle Larson. But doggone it, Paul Whittington, and I said this as we were driving back, and I'll say it here on the air, he's a hell of a driver, isn't he? I mean, he probably is. If you were like, if you're playing an, uh, a video game and, you know, you have a rating from 1 to 99 like they do in uh, Madden, he's a, probably a 97 or a 98, isn't he? Frenchy can drive. Frenchy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's, uh, he's a a generational talent. Uh, you, you don't get many like him, and it doesn't matter what he's behind the wheel of. 
he's got a chance to win. And, and I'm excited next year to see him run the double. I mean, this when we talk at, at this time next year, we're going to be talking about uh, Kyle Larson doing the double on, on Memorial Day Sunday, uh, being the Indy 500 and the Coke 600. Um, I, I'm incredibly excited for that because – it's, it's it's going to be the ultimate showcase of his talent. Like him, love him, it doesn't matter. you got to respect him for what he's been able to do in a race car, uh, and it doesn't matter what discipline it is. Uh, he just he has a knack for getting behind the wheel of a race car and finishing first, and, and it's so impressive to watch sometimes. Um, yeah, to, to your point, the racing wasn't maybe as good as it could have been. Um, as NASCAR fans, we – we seem to really, really, really want close finishes, photo finishes every single week. But you also got to take a step back and appreciate a good old-fashioned butt whooping when you see it. And that's what we saw last Sunday from Kyle Larson. He near about lapped the entire field. It was impressive. That car was hooked up. Uh, would I have liked to see seen uh, maybe a battle there at the end? Sure, I would have. But... Also, you know, somebody that can just drive away like that and be as good as they were. I got a lot of a, a respect and appreciation for that kind of drive as well. Well, speak to the way he did uh, the all-star race too, which is incredible. He was sent to the back of the field, Paul mm-hmm. Whittington. And bat- yes, there, there wasn't the regular 38-car field. Yes, it was on a .625 track, which is what a North Wilkesboro is. But for him to be sent back to the back of the field and – tell people it's hard to pass at North Wilkesboro. Okay. I mean, we're not talking, you know, Charlotte or Texas or one of these mile and a half, uh, uh, racetracks. I mean, there, there's what two grooves at uh, North Wilkesboro. So for him to work his way all the way through the field in a short amount of time and dominate the race, he did the way he did that speaks to his talent. It speaks to the, uh, the rocket ship that was under him. Doesn't it? It does. Uh, it, it was impressive. There's actually like this time-lapse video on Twitter that, that shows him going from the front <laughs> to the back. And it was over the course of like 26 laps. Yeah. It was very impressive. Um, you know, the caution comes out at about lap 20, lap 25. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. spins on the front stretch. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of cars, Kyle Larson included, comes to pit road. He gets caught speeding. And um, he gets into the back of the pack. And, and he drives through the pack. And it, and yes, it's easy to look at look at him coming from back to front and go, man, he was hooked up. But if you you got to watch the way that he does it. Um, North Wilkesboro, uh, at least with this car for right now, is a one groove racetrack. It, you got to ride the bottom. Um, Kyle Larson was near about scraping the wall in every single turn. <laughs> uh, at 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 turn three and four, in turn three and four, uh, or maybe it was one and two. There is a concrete strip around the bottom, and you would see him dive into the bottom of, of the corner on on corner entry, and then he hits the apex of the corner and drives further to the left, gets his his left side tires on that on that concrete strip, and then just mashes the gas, and it and it just shoots him off on corner exit every single time. He gets a great run on 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 the on the straightaways. It was a phenomenal drive, but not only was he able to attack cars, get to their bumper, and take away the preferred lane, he was also passing cars on the top. <laughs> and that's not something we were able to see anybody else do in North Wilkesboro on Sunday. 
Um, and, and that to me right there, him passing cars on the bottom and using that concrete strip the way that he did, which is only about a foot and a foot and a half wide, that speaks to his driving ability. Him passing cars on the on the outside the way that he did speaks to the car's ability and, and the rocket ship that he had uh, on Sunday. Well, why couldn't he be driving a Ford? <laughs> what fun I, would that be? Uh, but but be... no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you because when he was at when he was at Chip Ganassi, I look, I, I like Kyle Larson because he's a Hendrick driver. Uh, if he went to another team, I I don't own any Kyle Larson gear right now. There's no shirts or hats in the closet, and like I'll clap for him when he wins for for Hendrick Motorsports. But if he went to another team, I wouldn't celebrate his his victories the way that I do. And I'm not like jumping up and down when Kyle Larson wins by any stretch. But I I really 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 wanted the rivalry between him and Chase Elliott to develop, and putting them on the same team kind of took away from that. It it just it it took whatever whatever rivalry was building up, and it just killed it because they're now they're teammates. So. If he went to another Chevy team or if he went to another manufacturer, I'd be all about it because I do think uh, a rivalry could develop between those two. And I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see They're it. They're teammates right now and not the best of friends. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, from what you've said in the past, too. I don't know if Kyle Larson – I guess he's got some friends in the uh, – in the. Uh, I was about to say in the locker room, but in the uh, – what would you say? In the garage area. He's got some friends area, in the yeah. garage area, but – uh, but you got to respect him. Like I said, I am not a yeah. fan at all. And it, you know, with the forgiving way that we are here in, you know, in our society today, maybe I need to forgive him for his gaffe that he did a few years ago. Uh, I'm still not there yet. I'm not still quite there yet, but it's almost like I, I feel about Kyle Larson, Paul Weddington. I feel about Kyle Larson mm-hmm. the same way that I do. LeBron James and Tom Brady and uh, Bryce Harper, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of players that I just can't stand, but you've got to respect their talent, and yep. and that's the way he is. I mean, I, again, not a fan at all, but, man, Kyle Larson can just freaking drive the wheels off a car, dude. He can drive the wheels off a lawnmower. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's got four wheels and a steering wheel, and, and a little bit of an engine, um, he, he can drive it to the front in, in any kind of race. Well, no doubt about it. Um, absolutely. Well, let's pivot to, because I, I, I can't believe I hadn't looked at the clock in a little bit, and uh, as <laughs> we always do, time flies with us. But I've got to, uh, dude, we've got to uh, talk about Charlotte. I mean, the, the longest yeah. race on the circuit. Uh, there are drivers, that, and I know through the years, I can't speak for it now, you know much better than I do. There are drivers who absolutely hate it, who wanted to be shortened. And then there are drivers like back in the day. I mean, Dale Earnhardt loved the Coca-Cola 600 or the world 600 Mm -hmm. as it was back in the day. Uh, there are drivers. They love it because of the endurance. It's not, you don't have to have the fastest car to win the Coca-Cola 600. You really don't. You've got to have strength. You've got to have endurance. I mean, it is, it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Like what you and I just saw at North Wilkesboro this past weekend. You've got to be hydrated. You've got to be in the best shape of the season to race in this race. Before we get your winners and losers that you're going to predict this weekend in Charlotte, just speak to the endurance element of uh, the Coca-Cola 600, Paul Whittington. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it, I think it's more taxing today on the drivers than it is the actual cars. 
what's interesting about this race is we start in the daytime and we finish in the nighttime and, and that changes things. Uh, so it, it changes the cars. It changes the driver's mindset and how they manage their race car. It changes how, how the crew chief, uh, manages the race uh, because track conditions in the daytime, for lack of a better comparison, it's night and day, right? Yeah. Um, track conditions during the day are completely different than they are at night. Um, it's, but it's more taxing on the driver because it's such a long race. Uh, typically, we, we have three stages. We're going to have four on Sunday, four 100-lap stages. That makes it a little bit more parable for the fans and attendance and, and folks watching at home um, because it's four 100-lap sprints. But, you know, these cars are, are completely different from what they were 30, 40 years ago where it was tough to go out there and run 600 miles. Uh, that's nothing for these race cars today. Um, they, they can handle it. It's, it's the drivers that have to be locked in, that, that have to manage their race and, and their hydration and, and all that kind of stuff through, throughout the course of, of the 600 miles. Uh, it's, it's very taxing. And then you add in the element of maybe like, like next year when, when Kyle Larson runs 500 miles of Indy and then heads to, uh, heads to Charlotte and runs 600 miles. That just adds to the management that he has to do as a driver. Um, but, but it's, it's an endurance race for sure. It's the longest race on the circuit. And, Brian, it's my favorite race of the year. I know it is. And, and all these races you've been to in the past couple of years, and you're not going to be there this weekend, right? If, if for whatever reason, now, <laughs> Sam and I are talking about taking a, a trip to a day trip down to Myrtle Beach on Monday. Um, if, if for whatever reason that doesn't happen, and God forbid the r- race get rained out on Sunday, then maybe there's a situation on Monday where I drive to Charlotte. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays yeah. out. But yeah, because I was in New York two weeks ago and then we had the weekend <laughs> in North Wilkesboro last week, I just, I could not justify a third weekend of, of just spending money. But, but the good news is I don't have to spend any mo- more money on playoff hockey. There you go. So that part is good. I absolutely. We, uh, and, uh, we should tell people we did our part to help the local economy in uh, in the greater North Wilkesboro and Wilkes County area last week. Didn't we? We certainly did. We certainly (laughs) did a lot of, a lot of money spent, but you know what, Brian, you can't take it with you. You, you cannot take it with you. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, let, let's get winner. Well, real quick, God, uh, we're at the end of the hour and I've got a uh, Michael Martin that's going to be joining us here at the top of the second hour. Uh, but quick hits on this, uh, Alex Bowman will be back to uh, race. He had been out, uh, for, uh, that number 48, uh, uh Hendrick Chevrolet. What does that mean? I mean, does that, I mean, that car has always been strong in Charlotte. I mean, from the Jimmy Johnson days, I think even maybe too, Alex, you can speak more to that, but, uh, is he instantly a contender for, uh, the win on Sunday night? I think, I think he's instantly a contender because he's in a Hendrick Chevrolet. Yeah. Um, but you know, this isn't, this isn't a track that, that Alex Bowman has been great at during his short cup series career. Um, but he gets better, right? He's he's getting better. He's figuring it out. I, I think there will be some some readjusting to the race car this weekend. I certainly don't put him in my top three for this weekend, but you know he's he's in great equipment, um, and and we know he has what it takes to to win races at this level. So so yeah, I would I would say coming back, he he's certainly a contender on Sunday. There you go. The guy that's replaced him. 
uh, and actually did a, a very good job. I mean, mm-hmm. racing his way into the uh, into the. I about called it the Winston. Can you believe that? Uh, racing, his, <laughs> I did, dude. Uh, racing his way into the uh, All Star race, uh, he he covered for a uh, Chase Elliott earlier this year. Josh Berry looking like he's about to get his own uh, deal now too. A, I'm happy for him. I mean, I really am. Uh, but give everybody the details of that, and then we'll analyze it for. But dude, like I said, we're up against the clock. Real quick, tell yeah. us about Josh Berry and his impending deal. No, just one of those guys going from Chevy to Ford. We hate to see it. <laughs> um, but it does it does look like he will be the driver tapped to replace Kevin Harvick uh, in the number four car at Stewart Haas Racing. And it's and it's well-deserved, well-earned. Uh, he, he has been excellent in his fill-in roles for both Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. Uh, he has shown you put good equipment under him. He can win a, or not. He's not won a race yet, but he can finish high. And I'm excited about yeah. that. I really am. Uh, what do you predict for him? Is he a, instantly a rookie of the year candidate going into next year then? 100%. Uh, Stuart Haas Racing is, is great equipment. He's a great driver. Um, we don't know exactly what the rookie class will look like next year, um, but but I certainly believe uh, he, he is the top contender for rookie of the year already. <laughs> if another Hendrick driver gets knocked out this year, do you see Josh Berry stepping in and helping him out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The precedent's there. Uh, he hasn't signed any deals yet and, and he's under contract with Chevrolet through throughout this year. So so yeah, I think I think if any of the big Chevy teams need a driver, I think Josh Berry's who they go to. There you go. Okay, well let's get it here. Uh your predictions for this weekend. Obviously, like we said, the uh you you call it your fa I love it that it's your favorite race of the year, the Coca Cola six hundred. Uh, who does Paul Whittington have? Uh, give us your top three that you think are going to win. And, and then I want to add this wrinkle, uh, a team you think is going to struggle there this weekend. Well, uh, I, you know, I always look at Denny Hamlin when we come to this racetrack. He's been very good in the Coke 600. Uh, won a couple himself. He'll, I think he'll be strong on Sunday. I put him in the top three. Uh, it's also really tough to bet against Kyle Larson right now, especially at this racetrack. Uh, you know, he dominated this race two years ago. Uh, I like Kyle Larson to, to go to victory lane. I think the driver that I'm most looking at right now, though, uh, is is Kyle Larson's teammate Chase Elliott. A little uh, bit of a homer pick. I, a little bit of a homer pick, I know. Uh, but this is his first year as part of the Coca-Cola Racing family. We're going to the Coke 600, and since coming back, he has been right on the doorstep, right on the doorstep of of a win. He's he's getting better each and every week, and and I think that team's near about got it figured out. I think they're going to go to victory lane on Sunday in the Coke 600. He was so close back in 2020, but a late race caution forced him to pit, and he wasn't able to get the win. But uh, I think he gets his first crown jewel victory this weekend. There you a go. A team I think will struggle. Yep. yep. Um, ooh, that's tough. Uh, probably the 12. As much as I hate to say it, I think I think this is going to be a struggle weekend for Ryan Blaney in the 12. Well, there you go. Well, say hello to Michael Martin. He's sitting here across from me right now, Paul. What's up, brother? What up, Mike? How are How you? How we doing? <laughs> Buddy, if yeah. I was any better, I'd want a twin to share it with. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, very good. Well, Paul, uh, thank you. I'm looking forward. You know, he's become my traveling partner, right, Michael? We were in North Wilkesboro this past weekend. <laughs> we're going up to D.C. in a few weeks for a couple of nationals games so uh he, he's become my, my sports traveling partner dude do you guys do like the moped like dumb and dumber 
No, but we will. I love it. We can. So we who's can. The, who's the front and who's the back? That's the real question. Wow. I think he's got to be the front. I got to be the back. Okay. Eesh. What do you think, Paul? Eesh. This has been a really weird 40 minutes. <laughs> it really has. We, it we've has. talked about what my mom's wearing. We hey, talked Michael about just saw it. Did you not see it? I did. Was that the most ridiculous pajamas you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to be completely forthright. <laughs> I did not notice oh, the, the pajamas. The, the, Linda! <laughs> We're going to get her to come back in here. Hey, Paul, thank you so much, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you later. There you go. Uh, And that wraps up our first hour. Coming up, Michael Martin on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.